Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from our Old Testament reading today from Jeremiah, especially in the last verse where we hear Jeremiah proclaim this, Sing to the Lord, give praise to him. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. We pray. Almighty God, fill us with joy in your presence. Strike our hearts with your message so that we may share it with others. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our maker and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever spent any time reading the directions on any of the products that you buy? Sometimes they can be very strange or even a little bit confusing. Uh, on a hairdryer, it says, do not use while sleeping. <laughs> or a frozen dinner that says the serving suggestion is to defrost. Doesn't make sense, does it? Or on a box of household nails where there's the caution, do not swallow nails, it may cause irritation. I'd say so. Or on an industrial-sized washing machine at a local laundry facility where on a large lettered sign it says, warning, do not put any person in this washer. There's a stroller on the market with the warning, remove child before folding it up. <laughs> or the car ad that depicts cars driving the water with fins like sharks. And at the end of the ad, little small letters it reads, caution, do not drive underwater. <laughs> a particular dessert product, there was this admonition that said, do not turn upside down. But guess where it was printed? On the bottom of the box. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes directions are just silly, aren't they? I think that many of them are a result from or protection against any kind of a lawsuit. Other times, directions are important. Uh, directions need to be followed to the, the very last detail. And I think that's how it should be with us and our directions from our Lord. Last week, Pastor Handel talked about that basic truth, right? Jesus loves sinners and calls them to follow him. Today, I want to look at the directions that we have from our Lord, really to be witnesses, part of following him, if you will, that we are to share this good news that we have come to know with other people, that we are, are to go and make disciples of all nations, to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. In the Old Testament reading, we have this faithful witness, Jeremiah. He is the Old Testament prophet. We hear one of his laments uh, or a complaint to God. Now, you might think that Jeremiah is setting a, a poor example, right, by complaining to God. And, and if that may offend your idea what it is proper in regards to speaking to God, but it's very proper to complain to God. In fact, we find it a lot of times in the Old Testament. We, we see it in the Psalms and Habakkuk and Job and Jeremiah. Jeremiah's got a reputation for his co complaints or laments uh, before the Lord. He often called a weeping prophet. Jeremiah's name means the Lord appoints. You know, there are a lot of sermons where we've talked about the fact that the apostles, and by, by virtue of that, us, that we are sent by God to go and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. That we are to share that message of his love, share that message of his forgiveness, share the message of his grace. Well, Jeremiah was sent as well. Sent on a mission, he was given instructions, and as a prophet, that is the one that brings God's message to his people. He carries out that work roughly around the year 640 to 587 B.C. He wrote the book of 
Old Testament book uh, containing the greatest number of words, the book of Jeremiah, and he also wrote, wrote the book of Lamentations. But he was sent forth by God with this commission in Jeremiah chapter 1. Behold, I have put your, my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set over you the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. So Jeremiah was sent out to be God's witness. He had to share the Lord's words with two different things. It, it pulled down and it built up. The word that pulls down is God's law, isn't it? The word that builds up is the gospel. He was to suffer greatly for delivering God's message. He carried a lot of burdens. He was the first to bring the message of law and, and points out the sins of the people. Unfortunately, the people did not take to heart that message. And so Jeremiah did not deliver the gospel as much because their reaction was so strong. He even suffered physical abuse. In chapter 19, Jeremiah brings this message of, of terrible destruction, uh, the destruction of Jerusalem that awaits if the people do not return to the Lord. Uh, they, they were unfaithful. They were, they were serving other gods. And Jeremiah's message was not very popular. As a result, the chief priests beat him and put him in the stockade. But to see how great Jeremiah's burden was, you need to consider this. As soon as he was released from the stockade, God gave him a strong message to deliver, a message that was directed right at the chief priest. Jeremiah was told to call him by a derogatory name. He said, the Lord's name for you is not Pashur, but Magor Misabib, terror on every side. The Lord's message to the chief priest delivered through Jeremiah predicted that this chief priest would be carried off into exile in Babylon when Jerusalem was overtaken. That happened around 597 B.C. What the Lord promised to this chief priest was carried out just as Jeremiah had spoken it. After Jeremiah gives this message to the chief priest, he goes on to complain. And that's where we pick up in our reading. It's a complaint to God, a complaint about his task of being a prophet. He says, Lord, you deceived me. I was deceived and, overpower and you overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me whenever I speak. I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. Complaining that the Lord called him to, a prop to be a prophet. He's complaining that God didn't tell him all the persecution that he would face. As a result, Jeremiah feels a little deceived. The message Jeremiah had to deliver was, is one of destruction and violence. The people ridiculed him. The people mocked him because they rejected that message. Jeremiah feels like he would like to give it up. But he has a problem. Because he said, but if I say, I will not mention him, I will not speak any more in his name, his words are like a fire in my heart, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. See, Jeremiah tries to hold in God's message and not give witness to it or proclaim it. 
It's like a fire burning inside of him. He must speak it. Still he knows he's going to face persecution. I hear the whispers of many, terror on every side. Report him, let's report him. All my friends are waiting for me to slip up, saying, perhaps he will be deceived and then we will prevail over him and take our revenge on him. Even though Jeremiah experienced persecution, he went on to be that faithful witness of God's word. You know, Jeremiah's complaint to the Lord was that he really didn't like the results of his witnessing. His complaint can make us think of our own witnessing efforts, can it? I mean, do you really face persecution because of your Christian witness? Have you ever been beaten? Have you been placed in the stockade because you shared the hope you have in Jesus Christ? Well, it's more likely that each of us needs to consider where we fail in doing what the Lord has sent us to do. Our witnessing can be done in many different areas of our lives and in many different ways. Some of the areas we tend to forget really are those that are closest to us. One is that we're witnesses to everyone right here, right? To those sitting beside you in the pew or the chair, in front or beside or behind you, separated by six feet, of course. (laughs) We are called to share our faith in Jesus Christ as our only Savior from sin. We're to build each other up and confirm our faith. Do we do that? Another forgotten area is our family. How many parents of teenagers say they cannot keep their children involved in church? They they do not feel that they can even talk to them about it. You know, uh, while while Linda and I have never had children, this is still an area of frustration to me as the pastor. I see it every year. I see parents who make sure their children are everywhere, right? Every sports practice, every game, every activity, you name it. But church, Sunday school, confirmation, Bible class, more often than not, the activities went out. And that's what grieves me. It seems that after a certain age, parents often feel that they don't have the authority to require their children to go to church. I remember quite clear, clearly, even uh, when I was in high school, my, my parents never gave me a choice. They were never worried about whether they hurt my feelings or not. We were all going to church Sunday morning, and that's that. And we did. Consider this question. What if your teenager decides to run wildly into traffic on I-57? or Highway 17, would you just let them do it? Would you let them put their life at risk? I don't think so. I believe that we all would try to stop them. Now you might be thinking, well, come on, Pastor Copen. (laughs) What does this have to do with witnessing? Surely you're not saying it's the same situation as that. Well, it's not the same situation, but I think it's worse. Didn't you hear Jesus' words in the gospel reading? Do not fear those who could kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can kill both the body and soul in hell. As we fail to witness to God's goodness and salvation to our children and teenagers, failure to keep them connected to God and worship and growing in their faith, it's not the same, it's worse. It carries eternal consequences 
You see, without the constant influence of Jesus Christ in their lives, they're going to be influenced by so many other things that are out there. Don't believe me? I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen lots of times. Without the guidance of Jesus in their lives, in the life of our family, that void is then filled. It's filled by society, by music groups, by social media, by by pop culture personalities. (laughs) And soon a, a church and a relationship with Jesus is something that that you do when you have time, right? When it fits in your schedule. I think I've got time for God next month. I'll squeeze that in. Worship becomes something you do when you have nothing better to do. When I see that attitude take root, it breaks my heart. This is nothing less than spiritual suicide. Where you will begin to cut yourself off from God and rather choose to be separated from Him eternally. This needs to this need to witness to our family members does not just occur between teenagers and their parents. It occurs with parents and children of all ages, even those that are grown up. Many, many parents a lot of times don't want to offend their grown children. They don't want to sever their relationship. I understand the caution there. But I guess the more important question is, do you want to see them in eternity? Then witness in love and patience and keep them wrapped in prayer. Sometimes witnessing happens in the reverse. <laughs> I remember someone in church one time uh, talking to me. It was, it was many years ago now. They said, well, well, Pastor, we, we know we haven't been to church in a while, but you know why we're back? Our kids came to us and said, Mom, Dad, we need to go to church. <laughs> this witnessing can happen in so many different ways and so many different relationships. It can happen between grandparents and grandchildren, between grandchildren and grandparents from children to parents, from aunts and uncles, uh, uh, nieces, nephews, and cousins. Certainly, we don't want to forget spouses witnessing to each other. If Jesus Christ is the foundation of your married life, and you should be, do you share and witness to the joy of Jesus with each other? If you noticed, I titled this message, Lifting the Burden. (laughs) I haven't quite gotten to that yet, have I? It seems that most of this has been about the burden itself. Perhaps the most forgotten area of witnessing is to witness to yourself. Now, I'm not talking about standing in front of a mirror and talking to yourself. Rather, making yourself available to God so that He might speak His word into your life and give His witness to you to lift your burden. That word is available in the Lord's Supper. It is in our liturgy and in our hymns, in the songs that we sing. It's in the scriptures and in our Bible studies. God gives witness to his wonders, witness to his grace, his love, his forgiveness, and his mercy shown in Jesus. We're not to hide away. And so hide from God's witness to us. God is willing and able to witness, to show you, So many things when you gather for worship and the study of God's Word. When you consider these areas of witnessing, you see that even among those that are closest to you, you fail to be that strong witness as you should. Jeremiah jumped into the heat of it all by witnessing and sharing a message, and it brought him persecution again and again. 
if you're honest, you find yourself too shy, too afraid, too busy, too lazy to witness. You find yourself failing to obey the Lord's command. And you know what? I'm right there with you. I fail and fall in this area too. But in our world today, especially in our world today, we have a message that speaks to everything with which people are wrestling. When people wonder about their place in this world, when they doubt that they could ever be loved by God, when they're angry at injustice, when they're discouraged about the prevalence and acceptance of sin, when they feel cut off from others and from God, when they feel as if they can never be forgiven, when they feel that they're all alone in this world, we have a message to share. Jesus loves sinners and calls them to follow him. He lifts your burden. But we often fail to share that message of hope in Jesus Christ. Perhaps we just need to go ahead and start over. Let's start now by hearing from him, by being witnessed to, to be shown by God that we are sinners. We come to realize how we fall short of what the Lord of hosts, the mighty warrior, wants us to be doing. We see our need to be saved, our need to be rescued. Then, then we can know that our salvation is from the Lord, that he comes to save us in Jesus Christ, the innocent one who took the burden of our sins. He was persecuted where we deserve to be persecuted. He was punished when we are set free. He paid the price that we could never pay. And he died the death that we deserved. We can know that the Lord is with us. And he will save us even though we are corrupted with sin. Even though we fail to witness as we should, the Lord forgives us. And he gives us new strength to go at that task again and again, to share that message of forgiveness, salvation, and eternity. The Lord is our comfort. The Lord was a comfort to Jeremiah too. You know, first he complained, but then he was comforted by God. You know, this is something that often goes with the complaints, the laments in the Old Testament. They always circle back and they talk about the comfort of God. This is what Jeremiah writes. But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. So my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord Almighty, you examine the righteous and probe the heart and mind. Let me see your vengeance upon them, for to you I have committed my cause. See, Jeremiah's comfort comes from the Lord. The Lord is there with him through persecution. The Lord is the one who takes the vengeance, not Jeremiah. Jeremiah just releases it and leaves it in the Lord's hands. Jeremiah's burden is lifted up. And so he ends this lament by singing the praises of God. Sing to the Lord, give praise to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. He lifts up our God because he's the kind of God who saves those that are in need. He rescues those that are in need of a savior. You know, Jeremiah complained to the Lord because he faced so much persecution as a result 
of the witnessing that he did. The Lord comforted him by being with him and, and saving him. And, and you know, that happens to you and me too. This world out there, it may look at us differently because we profess our faith in Jesus Christ and proclaim his love. When we proclaim his forgiveness, his faithfulness, the world, sometimes our family and friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, they may reject us. They may ridicule us. And that is a heavy burden in our world today. But the burden is lifted. It is lifted by the one who is with us. It is lifted by the mighty warrior against sin, Jesus Christ. May your burden be lifted so you can share God's life-changing and world-changing message of love, forgiveness, and grace. Go with his strength and with his message so you may bear witness to his love to everyone that you know. Amen. And now, may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.